Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 3 verses 11 through 14. In this passage, we are told by Paul that we are to have the mindset that we have not achieved, that we don't know everything, that we aren't walking in perfection. Though the scripture does tell us to ever be seeking and moving in the perfecting of the saints, it tells us that trials and tribulations help to increase our patience, which moves us into a greater place of perfect love, mercy, and compassion. The perfecting of the saints, according to Scripture, is walking in that perfect love of Christ. That selfless, sacrificial, agape love that does not seek for itself, but puts God first and others above your own thoughts and needs. Like Jesus said, a commandment do I give you that you would love the brethren as I have loved you, meaning more than your own self. My friend, we have to strive daily to apprehend this. There are moments when we achieve it. There are spaces of time where we're walking in such great power and victory, but then the enemy comes, he steps in, he plants a seed of offense or pride or arrogance, and we begin to lose it. Therefore, does Paul instruct us to always assume that we are reaching for it and have not yet attained it? In this passage, he even claims that he himself is still striving for this because he warns us in another passage that as soon as you think you've already got it and you can't fall, then that's when you will. You will fail of God's great grace. He gives us the power and the ability, but he also tells us that though he makes a way out of every temptation, we've got to be humble enough to seek him for it. So when you begin to think that you're already there, then you cease to seek and become fair game to the enemy. That foe that comes prowling like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, looking for the weak and the straying, the sick and the diseased, looking for the prideful and the arrogant and those who are not on their knees, those who are not close to the shepherd, those who have ceased from asking. So, Lord, today we pray Help us to attain. Help us to walk in your perfect love, to move in wisdom, to be in right standing, to teach your righteousness and to demonstrate the fruits of your spirit. The passage continues in verse 15 by saying, Let us therefore, as many of us that be perfect, in other words, those who have already attained, are those who are walking in agape, selfless, sacrificial love, 
in this moment. Let us be thus minded, even as those who are seeking to obtain it. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. When you spend that time with God in the prayer closet, when you take some time to do as David did and say, search me, Lord, and see if there be any wicked way in me. If there's something out of alignment with the word of God, he will shine a light on it. He will expose it. He will reveal it to you. But then you've got to humble and submit and let him pull it out of you. For example, if you see that you are lacking in humility, you can ask him, Lord, help me to be more humble. But I assure you, my friend, that when you do, a situation will arise where you will be humiliated and you will have an opportunity yourself to choose to humble or to harden. God will allow for the testing but you have to submit to the lesson. You've got to show that you've learned it, that you agree with it. You might pray, God, help me to love like you do, but then somebody's going to come hard against you and give you the opportunity to prove whether or not you really believe his words are true. You're going to have the opportunity to love those who persecute you. You can say, Lord, give me patience. Give me gentleness and kindness and meekness and self-control. And he will make his grace available to you. But then you have to choose to use it when the opportunity is availed to you. Because we grow not just from being pushed forward, but also from being resisted. Exercise your faith and it will be increased. Do that which is not easy. And when you do achieve, be like-minded, as Paul said, as those who are still striving. In other words, don't stop exercising. The passage continues to say, nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same things. In other words, just like when you exercise, you have to face resistance in order for your strength to be increased. Yet once you get to the point at which they are increased, you have to have the same mind to continue to exercise or you will become weak. You'll lose your standing. The passage continues to say, nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same things. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so, as ye have us for an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. In other words, they did not continue to exercise their faith. They thought they were okay. They didn't have to continue pressing forward. They didn't have to continue praying. They didn't have to continue facing the resistance that comes against those of the faith with persistence and perseverance. Paul says, I weep as I warn you of them. They're going to tell you that you're okay the way you are, that you're all right in your sin, that you don't have to continue to push forward to the mark of the high calling of Jesus Christ. You don't have to keep fighting the good fight. He says, these people's gods are their bellies. They want what they want, like a glutton. They have no discipline. They mind earthly things. 
and not spiritual ones. We've all heard the expression said of someone usually who is pressing forward, exercising their faith, those who are so spiritually minded that they are of no earthly use. But I tell you that the truth is that most are so earthly minded that they are of no godly use. I don't think Paul would think that anyone was too heavenly minded. He continues to say that for our conversations ought to be in heavenly things, from which also we look for the Savior, the Lord, Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to have patience. Lord, today we pray that very scary prayer. Lord, help us to walk in greater humility. Lord, help us to recognize the temptations that rise against us and to stand in perseverance and understand that the trying of our faith, it worketh patience and it works to perfect us. It helps us to get stronger in the spirit. Lord, help us to see the opportunities and to not despise them and to not resist or run away from them, to not hide from them. But Lord, to know the assignments that we are given to fight the good fight of faith, to contend. As you said to do in the scripture, there are enough pretenders in the churches today you are looking for contenders who will press in press through and pray who will demonstrate your love your mercy your compassion and your faithfulness in the face of persecution though we be despised and rejected let us still rightly represent you and let us walk in the humility to assume that we don't have it all figured out That we're not the ones who are here to lead men, but we are the ones to receive instruction from you and follow you with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if they follow us as we do, then praise God for it. But if they mock and ridicule us, then nevertheless, let it only serve to strengthen us. Because both encouragement and resistance is needed to increase our stature in the kingdom and when victories come Lord let us not gloat but let us praise you for them and prepare for the next one because I think one of the most dangerous times is right after a great victory when we think we've made it to the top of that mountain and all we want to do is sit down and rest and begin to feed the flesh but you're saying no you got to get back in the gym you've got to maintain the progress you've made And start preparing for the next mission. Help us, Lord, to move in your wisdom. To not become complacent or prideful or arrogant. But to press forward. To ever seek to attain greater and greater eternal rewards. To have that full reward that you have promised for those who will endure unto the end. Because it's not how we begin this race or even how great we do on the first or second lap of it. It's how we finish it. So let us give our all and run to win it. You see, the Bible tells us that fear is the beginning of wisdom. But that perfect love casts out fear, so that what begins in fear is then perfected in love. Yet still must we maintain a reverence, or we will disrespect this great gift that we've been given. 
Most of us were saved because of a fear of hell. But it's falling in love with Jesus that will keep us pressing through to the finish to be with him in heaven. Fear runs away. Love pursues. Fear of being alone will cause you to flee singleness, but only love will cause you to pursue commitment. Fear of judgment will cause you to flee sin, but only love for Jesus will cause you to continue to pursue righteousness. So what begins in the wisdom that fear brings us is then perfected and completed through the pursuing power of commitment that love brings us. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law, or rather the driving power that enables you to fulfill God's laws with ease, delight, and desire, rather than begrudging obligation. This is why Jesus tells us in John chapter 14, verse 15, that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And in 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, do we read that, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and that his commandments are not grievous to us. My friend, fear and love both have their place, one unto wisdom and the killing of foolishness and the other unto grace and the coming alive of true faith. Fear will motivate you, but only love will maintain you. Fear will wake you, but love will change you. Fear will humble you so that love can rush in and rescue you with a hug and a kiss and a promise that God's got this. Because yes, my friend, something dreadful is coming, but he loved us enough to make a way of escape from it, even though he had to bankrupt heaven to do it. Now that is true love, not just spoken, but proven. Grab hold of this, my friend, and you'll understand what Paul was saying. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, we read, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because that as Christ was, so are we in the world. Because there is no fear in love, but rather perfect love cast out fear, because fear hath torment. Therefore he that feareth is not made perfect yet in love. Oh Lord, help us to attain this. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.